Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Some video uh, issues, but uh, we're back up and uh, running, I believe. And um, we had some uh, gambling issues. <laughs> some gambling issues. You know what? All things considering, things ended pretty strong. The Boston Bruins screwed me. That's the one that, that uh, or the Boston Bruins, the Boston Celtics. Stupid Boston. Uh, either one, Boston and Boston. Boston Celtics. Like, come on, the love of God. I had the Celtics had a bunch of money line parlays. They're the only ones that cost us, but. but I don't know, I'll hit refresh right now, and I'll see what happened with our account. I did the best that I could as far as, like, trying to recover. And I had a lot of money in the air on the Oilers games and this and that. And I kept hitting the in-game under, so I, uh, over of the um, – see, I'm all rattled here, over-unders. I kept hitting the, uh, the in-game over of that basketball game, of the Phoenix game. And I hit that. I hit the in-game over the Denver game. So I did as much um, – I did uh, as many repairs as I could. But it was a little shaky, to be honest. Let me hit refresh here. I'm not even sure. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's pretty crazy, but I think we pretty much, like, broke even. I'm looking. I'm kind of remembering the number. Something that we did do that we survived, though, because I got frustrated about the Celtics. So I jumped in on the um, Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets, and Milwaukee Bucks, Moneyline Parlay. And I had to sweat out that uh, Denver game, I'll tell you. So Phoenix... Denver, now I have, like I have, uh, here was $446 play. So I have a $446 parlay on the Milwaukee Bucks. It pays back $727.38. $727. I do believe the Bucks are going to win this game. Steve Merrill is going to join us in a couple of minutes. We'll get his thoughts on all the NBA games. We tried on this show, we always try to cover all the bases of what's going on in the real world. So we hit hockey with McKinnis. We got NBA talk coming up with Steve Merrill. Uh, we got NFL draft talk coming up. I see we got Raider Nation in the house. The Raiders, we always got a lot of Raider fans um, that tune in to the program. So we got Vincent Bonson. You're going to join us uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal. What are the Raiders going to do with their seven pick? The sports books believe it's going to be a, a defensive back, a cornerback, right? Uh, plus 180. That's what the favorite is for the Raiders. And it makes sense. Uh, but, you know, often teams don't do what makes sense. But it really does as far as the Raiders are concerned. The Raiders have defensive issues. They have talent on offense, the Raiders. 
They have skill position players, right? You know what I mean? So, you know, they're all lined. Obviously, they need all line help. If I think the Raiders are, that's what they're going to do. But no one really knows. Like, that's the whole thing. Who's going to be available? We'll ask Vinny about this. Like, there's talk. Will the Raiders take Jalen Carter if he's there? I don't think they can. Henry Ruggs killed somebody in a car. You can't draft a kid that was just at the scene of a crime that left someone dead um, in a car. Even though he didn't do it, I guess the gist of it was whatever. They were drag racing and stuff. He was not, He was there. He lied to the police like about what he saw after. So he didn't kill anyone. He didn't, you know what I mean? Like Jalen Carter, this you know, he's being built into like he's O.J. Simpson or something like that. And let's not get carried away. Yeah, he didn't have a good pro day. He was huffing and puffing, and he was at the scene of a drag race. He's still going in the top seven. The question is where. Late night anger management class. It's level two, the quickest 180 minutes of sports talk radio. I am Gabe Omaretzi. We got a full house on the program from here on out. Thanks, Andrew McKinnis, for joining us. So uh, we talked NHL Stanley Cup playoffs with McKinnis. We'll go back to it. We'll share our picks for tomorrow. There's only a couple of games tomorrow. Full slate of NBA basketball tomorrow night. De'Aaron Fox has that fractured finger. And man, this point spread's been all over the place. It got up to four and a half. Now it's at one and a half. Back down to one and a half now that uh, De'Aaron Fox says that he's going to play. He says that you know, there's no way he's not going to play in this game. The difference is playing and then playing well, right? Golden State are not a good road team. They've only won 11 games on the road all year. They do have the championship pedigree. Can they dig down deep and find one of these? We'll break it down with Steve Merrill in a couple of moments. we got Vincent Bonsignor going to be joining us, Las Vegas Review Journal. Talk about the Raiders draft pick, and not just the Raiders, but everything else around it. There's so much uncertainty right now. There was a Reddit post about Will Levis going number one. Some sports books moved him from like 40 to one to four to one. I don't believe the hype, and I'm not going to start putting my money down on things because of an anonymous freaking post on Reddit, okay? Um, Bryce Young is going number one. Yet, in most drafts, you can say, well, he's going number one, which means this is going to happen and then that's going to happen, but who who the hell knows what's going to happen? Nobody knows what the Houston Texans are going to do. I'll tell you what I think the Houston Texans are going to do, and we're going to bet it, and we'll go over the numbers tonight. But I believe the Houston Texans are either going to take Will Anderson— D'Amico Ryans is a defensive guy that's coming from San Francisco as their defensive freaking coordinator. All right. D'Amico Ryans was a linebacker with the Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryans was also an Alabama legend. You, you know, there's a lot of symmetry here, right? And the Houston Texans are basically run by a bunch of Patriot people and stuff. There's like a bunch of former Patriot guys there now. You know, these guys are pretty fundamental type of dudes that don't do crazy things. So, I you know I think Will if they drive the Houston Texans take Will Anderson. There's not one person that can say you know what you guys screwed this up, right? Will Anderson's a hell of a football player. If the Houston Texans take C.J. Stroud second overall, would not surprise me that they slide in, take Stroud, and then Jackson Smith and the Jigbud hook up the two Buckeyes with the second and the twelve picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Sports Ranch. I am Gabriel Moranzi, the fifth of players, the hustlers, the people to bust them, and everybody else in between. We're throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be this evening. We've been talking a lot about the uncertainty of the National Football League draft. I think you can start to say the same about the NBA playoffs as well. As soon as you think something is, it isn't. And things can change in a hurry, as we saw in Boston tonight. I'm still in shock as we bring Steve Maryland. Uh, right now, Steve, thought it was elimination night uh, tonight. Generally in the NBA, when teams are down, they don't really punch back all that much. And I think Boston Celtic money line betters, parlay players, and even some point spread betters were feeling pretty good about the game. It was 109 to 96 with five minutes and 58 seconds remaining. Not only do they blow the cover, they end up losing the game outright. Yeah, what surprises is normally the team that knows they have nothing left to play for down 0-3 or 1-3 in this situation just kind of mails it in, right? So it's impressive that the Hawks didn't give up. I think obviously some of it was the Celtics letting them back in. And let's not forget, I had the Celtics burn me twice a couple months ago doing the same thing in the regular season, blowing big leads and losing outright in games. Um, Boston, I think, is the most balanced team in the league, probably the best team in the league overall, offense-defense combined. But they've had a history of doing this both regular season and now postseason. And don't forget... The Sixers swept the Nets on Saturday. So Boston now has to go another couple nights before maybe ending the series. Uh, Philly's going to have almost a full week of rest more than Boston when all is said and done. It's a great point, Steve. And I think, you know, regular season habits can come back and get you in the postseason. And I think we see that uh, right now. You're right. And it's been a common pattern and a common problem for the Boston Celtics. And let's not forget, they were unable to finish the job in the finals last year. They had Golden State on the ropes. They were unable to finish the job. This is an issue that it's hard to believe that won't come back and be a big problem for them against better teams down the road, Stephen. Great point as far as not to mention Joel Embiid's not 100%. You just gave him an extra couple of days. Exactly, because the NBA has that whole flex schedule. They're not afraid to start the next round before when the other rounds end. So you're exactly right, Gabe. That's something I hadn't thought about, but it actually does buy Philly more time because you're right. It's probably not a set schedule when they would have started the next round. So... You can't you can't take anything for granted, which is interesting leading into tomorrow night's slate of NBA basketball, which I got to say, you know, Wednesday slate, Steve, as good as it gets is from a television perspective, big time games, the importance of these games. 
and we start off with a Cleveland Cavalier team that is severely underachieved. I, I wondered about the big number in this series, and it was kind of crazy that there were like minus 210 favorites. The Knicks didn't get a lot of respect. There was a lot of concern about Julius Randle's health, and it's ironic because they ended up benching Julius Randle anyways uh, in the last game, uh, late in the basketball game. But this is, you and I talk about the zigzag. This is seemingly a spot that the Cleveland Cavaliers should step up and absolutely dominate, actually. What's your take on the Cavs laying five and a half right now? I don't know. It's always a red flag for me when a team underperforms in any sport in what I think is a good situation. Um, as you know, Gabe, the Knicks were my preferred side in this series coming in. I had a best bet on them in game one for my clients at wagertalk.com. I mentioned it on the show with you a couple Fridays ago heading into the playoffs. I said I thought the Knicks plus one and a half. What was it? Minus 130, I think, on the series price. Had some good value. Um, I thought it would go six or seven games. I think Coach Young and you and I were doing the show. Uh, the Knicks have already covered that because they can't lose by more than one game now. Um, with that said, though, I thought Cleveland was in an excellent bounce-back spot in game four Sunday. Not only were they the higher-seeded team coming off a loss, but they are coming off a blowout loss. And that's historically been about a 60% play in the NBA playoffs. So the fact that Cleveland trailed the entire game, never really sniffed the cover, um, is a concern because I thought game four was a good spot for him. So now is game five really a good spot or not? Um, obviously, it's back at home. They did blow out the Knicks in game two after that game one loss. Um, but back-to-back double-digit losses on the road or bad losses on the road uh, has me a little wary with Cleveland. You would think they're going to probably extend this series, but they also have to win by more than five and a half. Steve Merrill kicking with us. So, uh, Steve, the Los Angeles Lakers have stepped up in a big way, returning back home. I, you know, I don't know. You and I talked about this. I jumped in on the Lakers to win the West at ten to one, a couple, you know, two, three weeks ago, believing that things would sort of bounce. You know, the ball would bounce their way. They would get calls. You never know about injuries, and everything is sort of falling into place. Now there's still another series, you know, to go before I can start to consider to hedge this thing. But how do you know? Speaking of bounce back and in good spots, I thought Memphis were in a good spot last night. And they were right there, Steve. They could have, should have, would have covered. They didn't because Dylan Brooks fouled with 0.3 seconds remaining. And it was just one of those, are you effing kidding me? Type of moments. They were down by four. It was four and a half. They end up losing uh, by six because Austin Reeves hit both free throws. I thought Memphis's immaturity would catch up to them, and it has. It's interesting, Steve, that they talk as much smack as they do after they win and they didn't face the press in L.A. after their both losses, which I thought was pretty weak. Um what do you make of this game with the Grizzlies laying four at home against the Lakers here? Well, it was a tough beat if you had the under in game last night on a Monday because that game was, what was it, 104-104 going into overtime. So it was a 208. Um, both teams shot terrible from the field, uh, 21.5% and 28% from three, and yet it still went over the total of 224, landed 228 because of overtime. Um, the Lakers have been surprisingly playing pretty good D over the last couple months. I think that's something that's been a little bit lost during this current run. Yeah, they had their star power back, but they've been a pretty good defensive team as well. And um, I think this will be a hard-fought game. It's an elimination game for Memphis. L.A.'s playing good D overall. Um, you know, I think the under actually could be worth a look here. We see a current line of about 222 out there. Um, it's a little bit lower than the last game because it was very low scoring until overtime. It's interesting, the NBA. I've, I believe coming into the year, and I predicted, Steve, before the year started, that there would be a changing of the guard. I said, you know, I think they're sort of going to be the younger teams. They're going to start to take over a little bit more. I specifically talked about Memphis. I thought Minnesota would be a little bit better than they were. Clearly, the Gobert trade set them back as far as team chemistry and um, just on the floor. But with all that being, you know, Sacramento, um, I was on Sacramento over their win total, 33 and a half, but I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were. But we see, Steve, 
it's one thing to win in the regular season, isn't it, and win a bunch of games when you're young and you're flashy and all that type of stuff, but it's hard to knock off these veteran teams like Memphis are finding out, and we'll find out. We'll get to the Sacramento situation in a couple of minutes, but the Golden States and the Lakers, these guys that have won championships before, they really do have another level in the playoffs. Yeah, the Lakers obviously are a much better team since the trade deadline. And even with that said, as the seventh seed, they're only five and a half games behind Memphis in the overall season standings yeah. now after almost 90 games, 87, 88 games. So there is a lot of parity in the NBA. And, of course, Golden State, the sixth seed, was favored over the three-seed Sacramento, as you mentioned. How about Miami um, and Milwaukee, man? Eight and one here going on. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Joe Ranieri and I were talking about that earlier in Ski Profit on the uh, NBA show on Wager Talk earlier. Uh, maybe the first – actually, Tony Finn might be the one that mentioned it to us. He was on the show with us, too. It's first time in history, I believe – that both a seven and an eight seed have had a three one lead in the same round. Obviously, no eight seeds have both done it. You know, eight seeds have hardly ever won. Um, but yeah, it's a crazy year. You know, we keep talking about load management, all the injuries during the regular season. We thought we'd get away from that, but the playoffs have been just as chaotic. You know, the LA Clippers being shorthanded, Giannis being out for all these games with Milwaukee. Um, it's been a mess. And, you know, it was a really ugly card tonight on Tuesday. All three favorites were double digit favorites. In fact, there was a 63% chance that all three favorites would win tonight. There'd be no games on either Thursday or Saturday, Gabe, unless they started that Sixers series on Saturday, I guess, maybe. Um, but, of course, with Atlanta winning out of the gate, boom, you know, that was done. And what's interesting about the other two games is both teams didn't roll over early on. They were both competitive early in the games as well. Steve Merrill, Wager Talk, um, kicking it with us, wagertalk.com, prosportsinfo.com. Uh, uh, so, Steve, you mentioned the total, 222. I do believe... This is another first quarter look here. I do think that Memphis will come out strong in this game. The question is, can they sustain it as the game goes on? But I would look for the Memphis Grizzlies. Similar situation to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Steve. If you like the Cavs, sort of, you know, I mean, first quarter, first half plays to add to it. Because I think they come out strong, but there is a chance that one of them fades and suddenly it's like a tie game with a minute left in one of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's funny, Gabe. We don't have a lot of sample size to have higher-seeded teams down 1-3 in game five, right? It doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, much. yeah, yeah. But we know for a fact that, and we talked about this last week, we know for a fact that teams down 0-2 in Game 3 at home are very strong plays out of the gate. Um, they were over 60% first-half plays, full-game plays for all of us a decade till the odds makers caught on and started adjusting the point spread. So I think you're onto something there. Why would this be any different? In fact, it's actually a better situation because 0-2 Game 3 home teams are the inferior team, the lower-seeded team. Golden State obviously was the favorite. You know, that's a rare example again. But... With Cleveland and with Memphis, you've got the higher seed down 1-3. So it's the same like must-win scenario. It actually is a must-win as opposed to 0-2. So, yeah, I think if history is any indicator, you're probably right. These teams come out strong, and most likely they come out strong in the first quarter, first half. More with Steve Merrill on the other side. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Sports Grid Radio Network, Series 6 M Channel 159. Let's do this thing. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be. Steve Merrill kicking with us uh, right now. So, Steve, the, I, you know, I've been on the wrong side of these games, to be honest. Not all of them, but the Boston meltdown I was on the wrong side of. I did have the Boston Celtics and some money line parlays, believing that tonight would be a an easy well, you know, one of those, well, you know what, Denver will win, Phoenix will win, and Boston will win, and we've seen it's been anything but easy uh, tonight. But I was even more distraught last night because I had a big play on the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Tonight, I didn't have big, big plays. Um, but last night, I did have a big play on the Milwaukee Bucks. One of those, yeah, there's no way they're losing. They get Giannis back, and they're up, Steve. They're up by 15 points. We had this game in our back pocket and Jimmy Butler goes off and drops one of the best performances in NBA playoff history, literally the fourth best performance in playoff history. Yeah, and, and I think I, the end game a chance at one point was 2.5% chance that Miami was going to come back to win. And guess what? Atlanta tonight was less than 2% when they did it against the Celtics. So back-to-back nights wow. we saw. And less by the way, 2%. Wow. Well, and to put it in context, when the uh, Patriots overcame the 28-3 to deficit to the Falcons in the Super Bowl, that was like 45 5%. So twice as unlikely as the Patriots come back is what we've seen the last two nights. And um, Milwaukee's interesting because teams that are down 1-3, by the way, have only won the series 5% of the time in NBA history. They're like 258 and 13 teams with a 3-1 lead. And um, obviously the Clippers, you know, were like 22 to 1, but you had to lay 1 to 200 on the Suns. Talk about a big middle. My goodness, <laughs> the house edge on those odds. But as you know, Gabe, the, um, the Bucks are only a slight dog still. They're like plus 120 in a lot of spots. So, you know, it's every series is different. But, yeah, historically speaking, you're up 3-1. It's done. But, obviously, Milwaukee is a one seed, the number one favorite to win the championship. It's a really interesting scenario. It really is amazing. And you and I were just talking about this a couple of minutes ago. It's a unique year this year. I totally get it as far as seeds are concerned. In the NBA, it used to be different and just sort of a mortal lock. But without being stated, here we are. I've never seen this, Steve. Have you ever seen a team that's down three games to one? And the team that is favored um, is minus 134 right now at FanDuel. That's so at FanDuel. Miami Heat are minus 134. The Milwaukee Bucks are plus 116, and they're down 3-1. That's amazing, Steve. I've never seen anything like that. Right. And historically, the Bucks' chance of winning that series is 13 and 258, 5%. Um, but once again, most of those series weren't the one seed being down. And... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't I don't know what to make of it. I liked Milwaukee last night with you, Gabe, as well. That was my top play on Monday. Um, I think, I had Steve, make- as far as the series, so I was going to say, yeah. the, the, the odds makers, they're just sort of like automatically point blank assuming they're winning this game tomorrow, right? That, that's sort of like baked into this number. Yeah, and to be honest, it's really not. It's very simple to figure out the math now because it's a straight three-game parlay, right? It's a straight three-game money line parlay on Milwaukee. Um, they're over minus 600 to win the game tomorrow night in game five yeah, at home. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you just look at the rough math on that one, 
um, you know, it's about say five to one of the true odds. What right? do you right? think if they win this game back in Miami after they were five and a half, like so it would be four and a half type thing. Well, four, so the, four, the odds of them winning straight up tomorrow, about 83% game seven would be even higher. Cause game seven home teams would say 85%, right? So the odds of them winning those two games, he's you know, over 60% still. And then, um, you, you need them. That's about 70% that they win game five and seven, 70%. And they're going to be favored. Like you said, on the road, um, you know, probably about a two to one favorite, right? So that's like 67% times 0.7. That gets you the, the rough odds of about 47%. So it's almost a 50 50 proposition. Steve Merrill kicking with us. All right, Steve. Wednesday night's going to be off the hook. We've got, you know, multiple games going on at once. It's going to be super cool. Later in the week, we'll pay the price for it, but there's always something on. It's always happy hour uh, somewhere. So the Bucks are laying 11 and a half. What about the number? We talked about them winning the basketball game. The total's 219 and a half. What about the actual number of this game, Steve, at 11 and a half? So coming into the playoffs, I believe Miami was the least efficient offense in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. By the way, the Bucks were like 15th. That's the Bucks' Achilles heel, too, by the way. That's why I don't think they're going to win the championship. Yeah. And then that's why I thought the Celtics were better. I even think the Sixers were probably a better pick. But the Miami Heat, since the playoffs have started, are the number one efficiency team in the entire playoffs. So they were the worst coming in after <laughs> 82 games, or plus 84, whatever they play with the play-in. And they were the best now after four games, right? So you know all about short, you know small sample sizes. Obviously, the bigger sample is more telling, but... Miami's in excellent current form, and I don't think you can discount the chaos caused by the Giannis situation. Um, it's not like he's a great defender, and that's why Miami's the best offensive team now, but there's just chaos, there's dysfunction, and you do wonder if Milwaukee can really string together three wins. Uh, they should win this game, but, you know, once again, that's a big number. Historically speaking, though, I don't like to take teams to cover if I don't think they're going to win, so I think Milwaukee's the play. You know what catches my eyes? You talked about the efficiency of the Miami Heat offense suddenly. Every game in this series, Steve, has gone over the number. Sure. Right? Yeah, and, because they've been the best offense in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And and with that being stated as well, with uh, gone over the number, but the minimum number they've hit, Steve, is 230. You know what? We had a 130, 117, 138, 122, 121, 99. Excuse me. So uh, 220. Uh, so that's the lowest number they've gotten to is, is 220. And the 119, uh, 114. And we've got 219 and a half here on the board here. So as I said, I've been riding the overs. That's the one thing I've gotten right. I just figured, listen, why why change what's not broken, right? It keeps going over. And what's crazy is, I mean, on the season, Miami was not a good defensive team. They gave up 48% shooting. Uh, Milwaukee gave up less than 46, one of the better Ds in the, in the league. And Miami has hit well above their season average. All four games, they fit 54% or higher, except for the last game, they hit 49 and a half percent. I believe they shot over 40% from three in every one of the four games. You know, something has to give. Um, yes, they're in great current form. They're seeing it well. But if there's ever a game you can see them coming back down to earth, it's on the road, hostile environment. And uh, they're definitely due to cool off and have a real clunker of a game. And I think that's it's likely to happen Wednesday night. So, Steve, this Golden State-Sacramento game and somebody like you and me, listen, I'm live a lot, and I know you do live stuff, but it's tough, isn't it? And you do videos and you're, you're taping shows and stuff with the NBA and the line moves, and specifically this Golden State and Sacramento game, right, with De'Aaron Fox. I always sort of assumed he was going to play, and um, I got to be honest, I didn't get the number. I missed it. And it's back to one and a half right now. Right. right? And there were four and a halfs out there, and I didn't pull the trigger, and I should have, because I actually always thought that De'Aaron Fox would play. But playing and playing well are two different things, right? I mean, especially when you have a fractured finger on your shooting hand, I don't see how you're able to get through this. He's going to try, 
But as I say, it's one thing to play. It's another thing to actually play well. But I missed out on the number here. What do you make of this uh, pivotal, pivotal basketball game right now? Yeah, you just get a feeling, don't you, that like that was their chance in game four, a, a very winnable game. They lose by just yep. a single point on the road. And now they it's let Golden State off the hook, huh? Yeah, because otherwise, then Golden State's in that 5% situation, right? Like Milwaukee, where they'd have to win three straight. And yes, they were a good-sized favorite, two-and-a-half-to-one favorite. Now, keep in mind, by the way, Milwaukee was a 1-13 to 13 favorite. They were the biggest favorite in round one, so still a big difference. But, yeah, I mean, that Sacramento would be a substantial favorite to win this series, and now they're not anymore, and they have injury concerns. I think you're right, too, Gabe. You almost would rather have the Kings at plus four than to have an injured shooting hand, right? At just, my, at just plus one-and-a-half now, so... I think it's a tough spot. I just get the feeling that game four is where the Kings probably lost that series. The problem is, you're right, they had it, and they came back. Listen, Sacramento have showed a lot of heart, though. That's one thing. They just, you know, they had their chance. Golden State let them back in it. Curry calls the timeout they don't have. You get the ball back with 10 seconds and a chance to win the game. You've got to finish that off. And you and I talked a lot about Golden State. All right, they've won 11 games on the road uh, this year. But it only takes one, right? And they've got two cracks at this. It only takes one, and you sort of do get the feeling that, yeah, man, Curry and Thompson and these guys, they're going to be able to win once on the road, right? And this is massive. Golden State, listen, man, Golden State are, are the champs for a reason. I'm not ready to write the Kings off tomorrow, though. They have shown a lot of heart, and they're damn good at home. And Golden State are bad on the road. Let's just call it out for what it is. Sacramento deserved better. Um, they didn't play well in game three. They played well down the stretch. It's a real toss-up. Do you have one lean or the other with this game? What about the total, too? Yeah, the total is interesting because you would think with a three-point shooting team like Golden State that was really bad away, really good at home, you'd be like, well, they don't shoot well right away from home, which is normally the case for most teams. That wasn't the case for Golden State. They were a little bit weaker shooting-wise. I think they were like they're 37.5% from three versus like 39 at home. What jumps out to me, though, is how much worse their defense was on the road this year, especially their three-point defense. They give up like less than 34% at home. They give up over 39% on the road. But then again, you go back to the shooting hand with Fox. Sacramento has to outscore opponents. They're a great offensive team. They're not a good defensive team. I think that injury is going to be a, really going to cost them the series here. And I think the over is worth a look normally with Golden State on the road. But I just don't know what to make of this Sacramento team. Steve, before we get you out of here, we have an advanced number up. FanDuel is really good at getting numbers up quick for future games. Boston Celtics, minus six at Atlanta, Steve. Yeah. At Atlanta, yeah. man, the Hawks have shown, man, they've, they've been great at home. They, they, they've been great at home getting six. What do you make of this? I had a strong play on Boston Sunday night, minus six in game four, coming off the loss in game three. And um, I thought this line would be a little bit higher just because the situation's as good, if not better now. And um, I'm seeing a lot of five and a halves even out there, five and a half, six, like you said. So uh, you know, Boston's the only way I would play this. You got you got the dominant team, maybe the best team in the league in a focus spot. Steve Merrill kicking it with us. Steve, before we get you out of here, any uh, you guys been talking about the draft? Have you played anything with the draft at all? NFL draft? No, you know, it's so information-based. You know, we had some uh, Kentucky guy, you know, there's rumblings today and that line dropped from like 50 to 1 to 10 to 1, then went back to 20 to 1. And it's just, it, for me, it's not worth the hassle of trying to stay on top of that for a one, like, three-hour event. Um, so I'll be watching it as a fan. Um, I've said for years that it's amazing to me how these GMs and teams get it wrong. You're much better off having numerous draft picks and try to, instead of trying to get that unicorn with the number one pick. Um, I think the Panthers made a major blunder this year trading up to get that. 
I think the Bears actually made a great move that it actually could save the Chicago franchise over the next couple of years and help them build that back to some, you know, playoff potential. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com. Steve, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci, Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including the Buddy 1090, ESPN Radio, the 50,000 Watt, Juggernaut, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. All stations that the man that joins us right now very familiar with. Arash Markazi steps up. Arash, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So there's a lot of stuff uh, going on, but first things first, tell me and tell everybody about the sporting trip and the coverage that you are delivering to everybody. I appreciate that. Yeah, the Sporting Crib is doing really well right now. We're covering sports in Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii. I know you love that, my friend. These are all places that we love. Great to markets. And right and hang out. So, um, and obviously a great time for us here in Los Angeles. We got the Lakers. Um, we'll see about the Clippers. We got the Kings. We got the Golden Knights. So it's a great time for us. I mean, just me, for example. I mean, I was basically living at Crypto.com Arena from Thursday to Monday. Uh, two Clippers playoff games, two Lakers playoff games, two Kings playoff games in one day in particular where we had a back-to-back two-in-one-night Lakers-Clippers. So it's been a fantastic time period here. Am I crazy? You were there, so am I crazy in, in thinking? I was watching, watching the Kings and the Oilers play, and I couldn't help. I saw a dude in the stand stand up, and he had a miracle on Manchester. He had, he had it on the jersey <laughs> in the back. And it felt like that. Like, I sort of, and I told people, like, my uncle played for the Oilers, right? Like, been playing yeah. with Gretzky and stuff. So, like, I grew up around this. And I told people, I said, guys, for those of you who don't know, man, the Oilers and Kings go way back. And there's always been, like, just these crazy competitive and upsets and crazy playoff series. And I swear to God, am I crazy? 
crazy when I was watching the, the Grizzlies and the Lakers. It didn't feel like the Crip. Like, I almost, I was like, man, it feels like the form. There's Diane Cannon. There's there's Kim K. There's, like, you know, Meghan Markle and then and, and Harry dude, whatever the hell his name is. And <laughs> it just it just felt big. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've been around a lot of these L.A. games. Hell, it's been a long time since there's been real playoff games in Los Angeles, right, for the Lakers. Well, Gabe, so the funny thing there is I think we took it for granted. I mean, and you know this so well. I mean, we were in the playoffs every single year. Kobe, Shaq, Kobe Powell, winning championships five uh, from 2000 to 2010. And so you just kind of took it for granted. And again, the Kings, they win the Cup in 2012 and 2014. And, you know, the fact of the matter is this Lakers, the, 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 the two postseason games that they had against the Grizzlies, first Lakers postseason game at home in front of fans in 10 years. Again, dry period for a long time. They win the championship in 2020, no fans in Florida. 2021 against the Suns, still no fans. And Gabe, when I tell you the the excitement, the the way that the fans have appreciated and embraced this postseason, I mean, the Kings games in particular, all those games have been fantastic. The Lakers finding a way. Again, that first quarter, you know, when they're up 35 to 9, the place is going crazy. And then last night, when they find a way to come back and win, and LeBron, first ever, amazingly enough, 2020 game in year 20, uh, just I mean, uh, for a long time, Gabe, I think we, we, we took for granted the fans. And, and, and here in Los Angeles in particular, you're 100% right. The celebrities were back. The vibe was amazing. It was an incredible time. And you can say the same thing right now uh, about Madison Square Garden, as you see on the East Coast. Little bit of revival yeah. going on. Man, they had to shut seventh down. Imagine if they ever actually won something for real. Like, <laughs> like they won a game, bro, and they're shutting streets down. <laughs> Knicks in five. Knicks in five. It has been a lot of fun. How do you think this plays out right now? They have them on the ropes, up 3-1. It'd be hard to imagine the Memphis don't have another win left in them, right? Back, back in Hi. Tennessee. How do you think this plays out, Arash? I agree. I like the Lakers in six. I think that the Grizzlies will find a way. Again, they've been the best home team this season. They are a fantastic team at home. I do think that they find a way to win game five. Again, LeBron touched on it. The closeout game is always the toughest game, so it's really hard, A, to close out a team just generally, but B, is obviously hard to close out a team when they're playing in front of their home fans. So I think the Grizzlies win game five. I think we come back to a Crypto.com arena to still get used to saying that, uh, and they win in six. And by the way, if they don't, and if they don't, game seven is going to be crazy because, again, the Grizzlies have been so good at home. So I think the Lakers won the one game in Memphis that they will this series. I don't think it happens again. I don't think it happens in game five. And as good as they're looking right now, if, if the Grizzlies force it to game seven, that's going to be a tough one for them to win. Arash Murkazi joining us. I am Gabriel Morenci, Series XM Channel 159. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be this evening. So when LeBron went to L.A. and... You know, I was around in the, you know, the 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 Showtime era and stuff, the end of the Showtime era. You know, with Kareem and Worthy and, you know, all this sort of great Lakers. You got Shaq, you got Kobe. You would know better than anybody else. 
LeBron isn't really one of them. You know, he wasn't one of them. And I know he got the championship. It's unfortunate it turned out that it was in the bubble. But you've got to give him respect for that. And for me, and I'll be honest, I sort of called out and said, listen, I think the Lakers are just sort of a team of convenience. He gets to move to L.A., builds his empire, he gets into Hollywood, etc. But with that being stated, when you look back at the body of work right now with the Lakers and the championship, so he's got the championship, but you can't say, nobody can say that LeBron hasn't given everything that he has to this Los Angeles Lakers team. And the fact, dude, that he's the agent he is right now, and Dylan Brooks is, oh, he don't impress me? Yeah, <laughs> he just went for 20 and 20, the first freaking Laker to do that since Shaquille O'Neal, bro. How yeah. much, how much, how special is this to watch LeBron do this? And not that the great one needs, the greatest ones need, like, extra motivation, but how much of an effing mistake was that by Dylan Brooks or Rush? Oh, terrible! I mean, I mean, like, I, I can't. I, when when Dylan Brooks said that, <laughs> I said, "What the heck is he doing?" And then I was imagining myself being his teammate, thinking, "Bro, like, are you for real? Like, 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 this guy needs any more?" I mean, LeBron makes up quotes to motivate him. And, and the fact, the fact that so you gave him a real him, one now. <laughs> you gave him a real one, but Gabe, you brought up a, a great point that you know I think LeBron was robbed of his moment, and I'll explain why. I think the way that he handled the Laker fans in Los Angeles following the passing of Kobe Bryant. That was the moment like he really like we kind of felt here in Los Angeles like he's one of us. He's a Laker. Like I mean the way that he handled that was so well done. And at Great that point. point when the when the pandemic hit game, they were the number one seed in the West. They, they, they were pushing for the, the number one seed in the league. If he wins a championship in a proper way, in a proper season, in front of a packed crowd, gets a parade, gets a rally, gets embraced and hugged by the fans. I really do believe he's viewed in a different way because the way that they view him now, and you talk to players who played in the bubble, it was the highest level of the game. I mean, your, your, your focus was just on hoops. Um, but, you know, it's so... Hey, Rush, I think, thought that yeah. that was the purest and best way, actually. Like, to me, yeah. people saw the bubble. I mean, what do you mean? When no distractions and the fans, yeah. no fans, and just playing basketball. That's the dude. I get it. We're not doing it again. But to me, I loved it. That was basketball in the gym, bro. That was street ball, one on one, team on team. Take out all the hype. Let's play basketball. Exactly. But, but unfortunately, though, the fans didn't get to experience it. Nobody really watched it outside of the fans whose teams were in it. Uh, historically low TV numbers across the board. So what what happened, Gabe? Uh, it's so like simple for fans to kind of just forget about that championship. So yep. he is in that period where, listen, he's not been here for 20 years. So he's never going to be Magic. He's never going to be Kobe. I get that. However, if he wins a championship this year, by the way, what an amazing story that would be when you, you were below 500 a year ago. You oh, yeah, one more and he's legend. Oh, yeah, that, then he gets the murals. You know what I mean? In yes. L.A., you got to get a 100%. mural. He, he, he has to have murals. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 100%. They will be painting murals of him, bring on the statue. I don't care. I mean, Gabe, I mean, that would be next level. That would be next level if they find a way. 
Well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we're not there yet. No, uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying, how about a Golden State and Lakers series? Holy crap, bro. Oh, that'd be amazing. I mean, I think regardless, I think Kings and Lakers would be fun throwback for us. We, we remember back in the day, oh, Chris yeah, Weber, yeah. Vlade, and Mike Bibby, and so that'd be fun. But Golden State and the Lakers, I mean, that would be a heck of a series. Uh, so no matter what, listen, if the Lakers can't advance, no matter who they play, it's going to be fantastic. Arash Markazi joining us. So, Arash, I never like seeing teams leave cities. I was actually the Expo's post-game show host when they left. So, I've seen the pain. I was in the stadium for the last home game, and there's something gutting about it that cannot be described in which there is no next year. It's almost like it's shocking, right? Like, especially if a franchise has been around your whole life. Like, people in Oakland – you know, the Raiders are one thing because the Raiders are sort of around and it's like the Raiders are just the West Coast team and the Raiders have always yeah. bounced around. But, like, when they're gone, they're gone. It's like a death in the family. In the Oakland days, man, like, the, what, what a storied franchise. Think back, Arash, to, like, the Reggie Jackson days and, you know, Vita Blue, like, the early 70s and dominant team, like, dynasty, dominant team. Yeah. Then you think about the Bash brothers and and Larusa and and Canseco and McGuire and and then and then Billy Ball it's been a hell of an organization it's actually sad to see this play out not that it won't be a big success in Vegas but it's sad to see this play out Arash. I just feel bad for like the real baseball fan in Oakland and the sport fan in Oakland the city's getting gutted bro well, that's, that's what I feel the worst for is that it is the end of professional sports there where, I mean, and, and they had so much passion for their home uh, teams. When you look at the Warriors, when you look at the Raiders, when you look at the Oakland Athletics, the passion that the Oakland sports fan had for their teams. And, and to lose two of them to, to Las Vegas, Gabe, I mean, I think that's the hardest Yeah, one thing, thing if it's on them. the other side of the bridge, right? Or actually, it yeah, sucks, yeah. but it's like, all right, listen, they were in San Francisco before they were here, so we can live with that. But you're right. Like Vegas just got to kill him inside. Exactly, and so I, I, I hope they can figure things out. It's not done, but at the end of the day, it's so hard to get public funding in the state of California. So if it's about to, you know, if you need to get something passed legally, if it goes to a vote, that's just not going to happen. The thing's dragged on for 20 years. Uh, you know, I, I again, you you hit the nail on the head. I feel bad for the fans. The fans are the one. It's not their fault. It's not their fault at all. Uh, it's the team's fault. It's the it's, it's the municipality. They can't figure things out. It's just really sad. It is. And look, they, they, they have a hard time funding their police department right now. So it's yeah, hard to turn exactly. around and say, oh, we're going to do this for this baseball team. Big sport. It is what it is. And let's just get it over with. Get every big time sport in Vegas so they can't take any one more team. <laughs> like, you know I mean? There like, you go. Exactly. <laughs> there's only the yeah. NBA left, right? They're not going to take anyone's team. The last one. And that How long do you think? Team. How, think? Yeah, exactly. So you think LeBron yeah. will be the owner? Is that your prediction? Yeah. Uh, listen, LeBron has been very specific about it. He has not yep. said, I'd like to own a team. <laughs> he said, I want Vegas' as NBA team. So he knows what he, he's talking about. I think it'll be 2026. I think when they're done with the new CBA, when, the, when they're done with the new TV deal, it'll be in 2026. He'll have one season where he goes up against his son in the league. 
and that'll be that. And it'll be him and his partner group. Uh, and I don't, you know, uh, and, and listen, it's going it's to be fantastic. Game back in the day, if you remember, that was the one professional sports league that I thought would come to Vegas. The fact that it will be the last, by the time they get <laughs> the NBA, they'll have the NFL, the NHL, the MLS, WNBA, you name it. They'll have everything. The NBA will be the last one. People rip the NHL a lot. Let's give them credit. They slid in there oh, first ahead of everybody. They, they slid yeah. in there first ahead of everybody. Arash, great job as always. Best of luck with the sporting trip. Great job. You know, like you said, man, you and I live the same life. L.A., Las Vegas, but I've never lived in Hawaii. <laughs> I got to get, <laughs> gotta I gotta go get there, out Dave. there. <laughs> hey, you're the best, Arash. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Kazi for joining us. Uh, you, all you Raider fans, we got Vinny B joining us. Vincent Bonsignor from the Review Journal a little bit uh, later on. We'll talk about the seventh pick. We'll get into the NFL draft in level three as well. I'll just sort of go pick by pick here and throw my random thoughts out there. I know you're seeing a lot of line movement. Because the line movement happens doesn't mean that it's real, right? It doesn't mean that it's real. When It's amazing, isn't it, if you think about it, when... Bryce Young was the favorite to be the top pick. And then when Carolina traded, C.J. Stroud became like a minus 350 favorite to be the number one pick. Now, here we are before the draft, and suddenly C.J. Stroud supposedly is the dumbest kid in America. You want to talk about a smear job? We'll get into this after about his S2. Rick Saratella brought it up. It's basically the new Wonderlick. Whatever, dude. Who cares? Greg McElroy, all right, does a great job analyzing games. He's been on the show before. I'm a big fan of his. Greg McElroy scored a perfect score under Wonderlick. Greg McElroy also lasted a couple of years in the NFL. I don't care about, like, seriously. If I'm drafting a quarterback, I don't give an F how he would do on Jeopardy. Look, I don't care. <laughs> it's irrelevant. It's, it's, it's football, all right? We're not, you know. 
We're not asking you to build a uh, a rocket here. You know, the, the overthinking and the smear jobs that go on, over the top. Hey, we've got a series price. The Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Tell me that's not a good series. Phoenix, minus 130. Denver, plus 110, despite the fact the Nuggets have home court advantage. Bring it. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 